Welcome to Pocket Change. Pocket Change is an offshoot of the Helios Consulting Podcast. During Pocket Change, we interview and discuss different issues and topics that surround change leadership and help sustain and support long-term anchored change. So today, what we want to talk about is change resistance. And in Helios, what we have is three levels that we like to gauge change resistance against. And so we recognize and we acknowledge and we respect the fact that resistance is a very natural response and that we need to normalize it. But I think in normalizing it, we need to understand why we're feeling what we're feeling. And so how we help diagnose resistance to change is to help humanize it and we put it into three different buckets. And our first bucket is a level one change resistor. And so the level one change resistor is someone who just doesn't understand the change. They don't understand the why and the why now. Then you have your level two change resistor and the level two change resistor is someone who just simply does not like your change. Even if they understand the why and the why now, they see the impact and they just simply do not like it. And then we have our third level of change resistance, which is a, a trust issue. I don't trust you. And so what we find is change memory in an organization of how a change has been run in the past versus how people perceive it to be run versus how it actually is being run, whether communications are consistent, uh, clear, and we feel like there's no ulterior motive. We feel like we're engaged in the change. So when we think about those three levels of change, um, I'd love to invite our team to speak about their own level of resistance. So, you know, Tina, you've been working together with me for several years now. We've been together since about 2018, I think. And so yeah. I've seen some of your change resistance. You've certainly seen some of mine. And so talk to us when you think about your levels of resistance and where you often fall in the levels of resistance as a change leader and a, a certified coach what does that look like for you well for me i don't like to be out of my comfort zone and if you if i want to better up so to speak i need to get out of my comfort zone and that's where the change resistance is it's like i don't like it i like what i'm doing i know what i'm doing it's easy and now I'm being challenged. And although I want the challenge, I don't really want the challenge. <laughs> so, you know, striving to get better means I need to change. And to change is scary sometimes too. And when it came to coaching, I, I, I really like to interact with people and I want to help everybody. You know, I'm, I'm the Italian grandma, the Nona. I wanna, you know, make everything okay for everybody. And um, so coaching was a natural step for me. Now, in doing that, of course, I had to change the way I did things because as an Italian mo mo Nona, I want to fix it for you. I'm going to anticipate what you need. So I'm going to move in there and do that. And, you know, most people are like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. As a coach, that's not what you need. You don't need me to fix it. And when, you know, when you're talking change as a coach, I have to, in in the way that I have to do things is to to get the, the client, the coachee, into a place where they're accepting of the change and where they are thinking, oh, okay, I do really want to do this. And okay, I trust what you're saying now. And, and now, you know, I need to move forward and I want to be a part of the change 
I need you to listen to me, right? So the change always happens usually from the upper floors and they forget about the, the they've got a, a great foundation. And if you don't feed that foundation, the upper floors are gonna come crumbling down and people can stop changing their tracks when it comes to projects and, and things like that. So yeah, I've been learning a lot about it. And as, I, as resistant as I was, I've had some great coaching myself. And of course, I've had the pleasure of working with this team at Helios, which has taught me a few things as well. So that's about it. And if you have any questions, feel free. Thank you, Tina. That's wonderful and and really insightful. And I think, you know, you and I have had a number of conversations about the dovetail and almost the necessity of having coaching skills and capability to really drive sustainable change. And I think that when it comes down to our abilities in Helios, that's one of the things that we have is we've got a number of people who are are capable of coaching and we offer quite a, quite a bit of coaching service. And Tina, you bring a really different perspective to that and you offer some different and unique insights because of the fact that you fought your own resistance to get better in, in your practice and how you choose to engage people. And and I love the fact that you you identify the fact and you know who you are in terms of Man, you know, I'm, I'm an Italian Nona, and we just know that while your tomato soup cake is absolutely amazing, it's not going to solve everybody's problems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it helps. It doesn't solve everything. <laughs> exactly. And so then, you know, Twyla, I think about your experiences being um, supervision of foreman in terms of a rock crushing crew and working in the field for over 10 years. And now here you are in a consulting role helping drive change on some really large construction and and shutdown projects some turnarounds and so you know when you think about resistance based off of your experience working at the front line as a supervision having to implement change after change after change with a crew and now where you are right now what does that perspective look like for you i mean in my former uh career I experienced, I think, all levels of change. And I myself, I'm not that resistant to change personally. Um, of course, there's always going to be, I mean, I guess I am in the sense that there's that level one where it's like, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, like, that's the kind of change that I've been resistant to. Um, I've seen so many changes, you know, um, and so many levels of resistance, especially being the only female four person at that company, you know, and having to go into there and for lack of a better term, the boys club and say, okay, I'm the boss now. Now you have to listen to what I say and have all of these guys who have had absolutely no thought of ever having a female in their workspace telling them what to do. And so they're resistant to that change and they just don't get it. Well, why is she here? Why is she, you know, telling me what to do? Um, and then I've, I've seen as a four person having to take information from the safety meetings and the managers meetings and stuff from the mine that I was working at and bringing that to my crew and everybody saying, well, I don't understand why we have to do this. Why do we have to change our safety rules? Why do we have to change how we're doing things? You know, so there's always that level of resistance and I've experienced it in many different facets of my job then. Um, for myself, it's an interesting transition because I was also sometimes one of those people that was like, well, why do we have to change this? You know, I'm, I'm looking at the people making the decisions to make these changes and I'm like, I don't get it. Why, why do we have to do this? 
And now I'm kind of on the other side of the fence where it's like, okay, being on this side of the fence, I can see why those changes are made, how they're made, you know, so it's all kind of coming full circle and making it all make sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things that you bring to the practice that a lot of other organizations just simply don't have, right? And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to really exploit that information and that that way of thinking, right? Because you bring that frontline thought process right to us, right? And I think about, you know, one of the assignments that we're on right now, one of our clients, we're rejigging um, a frontline communication. And one of the things that we we did was we gave Twyla this document and it was a four-page note that was an, a safety bulletin that is intended to help set the workforce up for the entire day on everything from weather to hygiene to recognition. And, you know, we handed that off to you, Twyla, and your first blush at that was was pretty stark. Like you looked at that and you went, um, all honesty, even though it's a safety bulletin, I probably wouldn't have gotten to page four, right? And so, you know, you bring a, a different lens that we can apply to how we're going about our engagement and our communication with with workers out on, in the front lines, which I think is exceptional. Mm-hmm. So, Connor, you have been with Helio since our inception, right? We, we're, we're kind of some of the you're one of the OGs here, and we've experienced a ton of change. And we also brought you in on a number of projects where we were working uh, mergers and acquisitions, building operational integrity management systems, you know, really doing some complex work. But in and above that, you're also very engaged outside in the community, and you work with a number of different folks, and you're connected in different ways. Um, And so I think when I think of your ability to manage or go with the flow of change, it's, it's fairly exceptional. And so really curious to hear your thoughts in terms of your approach to how you manage change for yourself and, and those around you. Thank you. So I agree with Twyla. I find that because of, as you said, a lot of the work that I do, especially around events outside of Helios, I have to go with the flow of the change. Things change on the second, on the minute, so it's very difficult to balance that and plan for everything. But what I do notice about myself is that I don't like to be blindsided by the change or not understand why the change is happening. If I'm part of the planning process or if the change makes sense to me, then I'm completely fine with it happening on the dime and that being the new plan. But if it's something that goes against the logical side of things or the plan doesn't make sense or I'm just completely blindsided by the change, I become immediately resistant until my questions are answered. And then I find that that is something that I have to work on to trust the process a little bit more in those moments. Yeah, and I think you and I, we work, I mean, Connor, you and I work very closely together. And so, you know, there are times when we'll have a one-on-one and it'll be like (laughs) what we talked about on Monday, uh, previous week to our next one-on-one the following Monday is we'll have, um, you know, some level of of change taking place as a result of whatever is happening in in the space of, of time. And it can be really frustrating. I mean, we've got some new offerings that we're pulling together. And I think that I look at pulling that offer together and the the struggle that we've had since we've signed on with this organization since March, um, you know, you've had to pivot on that organization and on that particular project and offering quite quickly. And so, I mean, I look at that and it's the the logic is is almost defying, right, in, in that space. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I, I like to have this uh, this conversation every time that we facilitate a workshop on our, our change management or change leadership program. You know, we, we offer a number of different programs. We have a change leadership deep dive, which is uh, quite significant in terms of the history of change management. Um, the, the the move forward into what change leadership actually is, um, looking at some of those, um, I guess they would be our emotional and social intelligence and what those types of interactions and how they facilitate change. And uh, in addition to that, we also have our Resilient Leader Program, which is a, a half day to one day. And in these programs, we talk about the levels of resistance and we work to normalize and provide people with the comfort of the fact that it's a normal response to be change resistant. And I myself am highly resistant to change. I have lived, eaten and breathed change for the past 15 years of my career professionally, and I'm a level two change resistor all day, every day. I'm an incredibly structured individual. I don't like being surprised by something. Uh, can I pivot? Absolutely. Am I adaptable? 100%. Does that mean that I love it in the moment? 100%? No, I do not. And so I think, you know, by sharing that with people, it allows us to remove any barriers or shame that people might experience around feeling resistance to a particular change. And the one thing that we always want to do is we always want to be able to give leaders the ability to feel what they need to feel. Because when we have a resistant behavior inside of change and we're not taking it down the path and acknowledging how our change leaders are feeling, we're not giving them the space to poke at the change and be a little uncomfortable with it, then we find that we create pockets of shame. And shame is a really hostile place and a really hostile thing to have inside of your change program because what happens is then people stop speaking their truth. And when we stop hearing the truth about what is going on in change for people, that's when we start to lose the message and the ability to actually influence at our frontline level or really look at the impact and be very honest with ourselves as change leaders to drive the best sustainable outcomes. And so, you know, I really uh, look back to this team and I, I, I give kudos to the fact that our organization allows us to have those feelings and those emotions and that we encourage these kinds of conversations and that it's okay to say, I'm feeling resistant to this. You know, I can remember, you know, Mike, our managing partner, embarked on a coaching program with Tech Canada and he's really enjoying it and he's learning a lot and he's bringing a lot of stuff to the organization that is helping us get better. And I was resistant to the idea at first of him participating because I'm like, well, we're kind of doing okay. But, you know, his case for change was we could be doing better. Do we want to be good or do we want to be great? And so, okay, we can we can be better. Let's go down this path. But then before we know it, um, he's bringing in all of these new models, all of these new concepts, all of these new things. And instead of us talking strictly about business in our business meetings, we're now talking about strategy. And it was like, Every day there was something new coming at me and I had to adapt the way that I worked or the way that this team worked. And it was like death by a thousand paper cuts. And so one day I just said to him, you and I need to start having a one-on-one. -on -one. We need to build a change program because I'm holistically resistant to what it is that you're trying to do. Not because I don't like it, but because what you're doing is putting me at a disadvantage where I can't pre-plan and be aware and support you with the why and the why now. And so really understanding myself as a person before anything else is what gave me the ability to be able to kind of pivot and, and participate in the change and helping and supporting a positive growth opportunity. 
her whole point here is that we really just want to normalize the emotional side of change and give people the permission to speak and be heard and do it in a way that they don't feel guilt or shame or any risk to their personal ability to progress in the organization when a major change is happening. So our invitation to you is if this podcast has touched you or if you're interested in having a conversation, click through on my LinkedIn profile and book a meeting on Calendly. A call doesn't cost a thing.